Hi, this is Mark, lead pastor of Lux Digital Church. I want to thank you for joining us today and also invite you to join with us live at twitch.tv slash Church every Wednesday night at 8.30 p.m. EST. Thank you for joining us and please enjoy this message. Hello, Lux Digital Church. My name is Mark, and I am the pastor here at Lux. And let me just say, it's such a joy to have you here with us tonight, especially, let me just say, if you're here for the first time, I just want to let you know that we've prayed for you. We've prepared for you. We've actually thought about the various elements of our live service with you in mind. We want you to feel comfortable here, and we are so glad that you're here with us. And if you're here for the first time tonight and you haven't taken that next step and said hello in the chat or slammed the follow button here on the stream, whenever you feel comfortable, we're just going to challenge you to do that tonight. Not because we want your information, just because we want to be able to say hi to you. And actually, more than just being able to say hi to you, we actually want your feedback because we believe if you're here for the first time, you can help us improve what we're doing. No matter what area of life you come from and where you are in life right now, we believe that your experience here at Lux with us matters. So we're actually going to throw a link in chat right now that'll take you to our website. And you can use that at the end of service tonight or even now if you have a full feeling of what things are like. We're not going to ask for any personal information. We're not going to ask for email. We're not even going to ask for your name. It's a completely anonymous way to just say, this was what my experience was like and this is how I would improve things if I were you. It's a great opportunity for you to be able to bless us and uh, and be able to give us a little bit of feedback and it would be greatly appreciated if you feel comfortable letting us know that sort of stuff tonight we would love to have you do that exclamation point guest in chat will give you that link other than that guys if you're joining us and you're a regular attender welcome back to Lux Digital Church if you're joining us later over uh, our on-demand family over VOD or on podcast or on YouTube, we want to welcome you as well and say thank you for being part of our extended family and invite you to join us live next week at 8.30 p.m. EST here on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Lux Digital Church. Give a couple of shout outs to Aki and Peach tonight and uh, and to uh, uh, Dylan tonight who are both here with us for the very first time. Thank you guys for coming out and joining us. It's a pleasure and a joy to have you guys here with us tonight. Tonight, guys, we are closing a four-week series that we've done here at the beginning of the year called Rhythms. Rhythms. And in this series, we have been looking at the various rhythms of our life. We've been examining our lives, the rhythms, the good and the bad ones. And we've been kind of saying, okay, what are the rhythms that we want to establish in the new year that sets us on a track for spiritual health and for spiritual growth? If we call ourselves a member of a church, if we call ourselves a member of a spiritual community, if we call ourselves followers of Jesus, we should be concerned year in, year out with our spiritual health. And so we've been looking at the rhythms that define our lives. And we have had one key question every week, and it's this, what rhythms are shaping your life? What rhythms are the things that are shaping your life? We have discussed how our rhythms will shape and impact our lives. And while events can change the course of our life, typically it's rhythms. In fact, this is another statement we had from last week that I wanted to reiterate this week. The best indicator of what we will be like tomorrow are our rhythms today. The best indicator of what we're going to be like tomorrow are our rhythms today because our rhythms are largely the thing that dictates and directs our 
futures. And so if you're looking at your life and you're not liking the trajectory, if you don't like the way that your life is headed, it's likely a rhythm in your life that either needs to be changed, eradicated, or started. Last week, we talked about the fact that we naturally tend towards unhealthy things, right? We don't naturally eat broccoli. We naturally eat nacho Doritos, right? We don't naturally drink water. We naturally drink Monster. And so our lives don't tend towards healthy, left unchecked. We always lean towards the unhealthier rhythms in our life. And so if we're going to be healthy spiritually, we have to take action and develop healthy rhythms. And throughout the series, we kicked off and we've given you opportunities not only to to learn about these healthy rhythms, but also to participate in them and practice them. We've said that there's four rhythms here at Lux that we're going to be consistent in practicing. The first one we talked about was fasting. On uh, uh, January 9th, we started our 21 day of prayer and fasting emphasis and many of the people across our church family are finishing that up this week. And then the following week, we talked about the importance of prayer and we've given you opportunities every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday morning to join with me in Discord at 7.30 a.m. and to pray together. We gave you a 60 minute and a 30 minute prayer guide, which you can find in the panels directly below us or on our website at luxdigitalchurch.com slash rhythms. That prayer guide breaks 30 minutes down into five minute segments of prayer and the one hour one breaks breaks it down into either five or 10 minute sections of prayer to help you build a healthier prayer rhythm. Last week, we talked about the importance of studying our Bible and understanding the word of God. And we looked, we gave you opportunities on January 1st of this year. We started a Bible in one year plan that you can still grab the link for over in our discord. And we started a new Bible study every single Monday last year. We're starting a new Bible study every single Monday this year over in the Version Bible app. It's an easy entryway. We gave you three books of the Bible to start reading in this week, the book of Mark, the book of Proverbs, and the book of Psalms, and reasons to do all three. We have given you ample opportunity. To be honest with you, I've sort of thought, like, maybe we bit off too much. Like, like maybe the challenge was too much. But I believe the challenge to following Jesus requires not some sort of comfortable faith. It requires all of who we are. I believe to truly follow Jesus, we have to be willing to go all in. In my experience, following Jesus isn't about slowly making your way in the shallow side of the pool and climbing in and climbing out because you're not really following Jesus until your faith calls you towards the deep end. And so this year we've challenged you, grow your spiritual life, get healthy spiritually, set rhythms into your life in 2022. In this week, we're going to be talking about a new rhythm, the rhythm of community the rhythm of the community, rhythm of community. Before we talk about that though, I'd love for you to involve yourself in the conversation. And so if you want to, you can drop in chat right now. Um, what are some of your go-to communities? Like what are some of the places that you go to for emotional support? Maybe it's work, maybe it's family, maybe it's your friends, your mates, maybe, I don't know what it is, your gaming group, whatever. Uh, who are the people that you go to first and foremost for support? Maybe your small group, maybe your church, whatever it might be. Share that in chat. We're going to read out a couple of them later because I've always found it interesting kind of like where people's go-to life-giving and supportive communities actually are. So we'd love for you to be able to share, you know, a little bit of those in chat. Now, for me, I've always been someone who's been heavily focused on community. I naturally try to draw people to me. I have a continual burden to bring people into relationship. It's never been, and maybe since elementary school, that I've really had a hard time making or keeping friends. I have this burden. I want to bring people together. There's so much in 
our world that separates people. And so whether it was through gaming or through church or through a hobby or through something that I enjoyed, I always have tried to gather people. Sometimes to the point it was actually harmful to me. I just don't have enough time or energy for all of the resources that I've tried to gather into my life and all of the places where I've tried to bring people together. But the Bible is actually really clear about the fact that we are meant to live out our lives in community. Now, culturally, it's a little different than that. If you live in the U.S. where I live, we highly prize individualism instead of community. And there's been a lot of studies done on other cultures that have a high value on family or a high value on the community that you participate in and how that impacts people's mental health. If you look at my generation as a millennial or the next generation, Gen Z, maybe you're a Gen Z person, what we see over and over again is that people are more connected than they have ever been and simultaneously more isolated than they've ever been. There's more depression, more anxiety, uh, more difficulty, more emotional health problems, more mental health problems, more relational health problems in the current generations than there has ever been in a generation that has walked this planet ever before. Largely, a lot of that is because we define who we are in spite of our community, not within the context of the communities that we're in. We're so dedicated to being individualistic. And this is bleeds out no, like, no more clearly than in social media. If you look at social media, just like, let's think about it for a moment, like how quickly you can hop. You can have instant connection to basically anybody. You can see the rants of your favorite famous person on Twitter. A moment later, you can see the inflammatory political uh, picture that your great aunt posted on Facebook. And a second after that, you could become jealous of your best friend's most recent vacation on Instagram. I saw a meme recently and I loved it because it said Twitter makes me hate liberals, Facebook makes me hate conservatives, and Instagram makes me hate myself. And I don't know about you, but I have felt that like in a very, very real way that that the, the connection that we have, like we can have these connections to all of these people, but we don't have any genuine relationship with any of them. We just have these sort of curated and sort of perfected and airbrushed versions of our that we portray for the temporary endorphin hit of getting a like or a share and we give it to other people that we feel have earned it or are worthy or have posted a, a beautiful enough picture or have reposted a nice enough quote or have agreed with us politically or socially or, or whatever it might be and so we live out our lives in a place of connection when the reality is we don't need any more connection what we need is genuine community. In fact, we don't need more connections. What we need is real communities. This is going to be brought up even more in our series that starts next week. We start a new series next week called Greater Than. And in that series, we're going to be looking at our core values. Hey, Flat Cap Dapper Pastor, good to see you, my friend. Thanks for coming and joining us tonight. We're going to be going over uh, our core values and our mission statement. And so if you don't know what Lux is about, we've never actually gone out and advertised our core values and mission statements. We're going to be diving into that starting next week in our Greater Than series. It's a great opportunity to get to know who we are and what we're about over the next four weeks. But one of our core values here at Lux is together is greater than alone. Together is greater than alone. We believe that life was not meant to be a solo adventure, but it was meant to be lived out in a multiplayer. We were supposed to live our lives and were intended to live our lives deeply invested in the lives of other people. 
And this isn't just something that we believe here at Lux or something that we think is a good idea. Listen, there's lots of, of research and culture and inside and outside the church about the importance of and the significance of having real friends, having more than connection, but having genuine community. There's plenty of research out there that you can look at to see the benefits of it. But the Bible for the last 2000 plus years has been talking about the importance of living our life out together in community. Before we dive into that, I want to talk a little bit about like why we're talking about this because why, I mean, we're a digital church. How could a digital church have genuine community? How could that really happen? Does it happen? It's a great question. In fact, any group that you meet online, one of the first questions you should be asking yourself is how do these people move beyond connection and into community? Because if you're just connection, then you're social media. But if you're community, well, you're actually building a community. So how do people move from connection into community? Well, uh, about a year ago, uh, me and Storm Bravetail uh, started meeting together for a small group and we started meeting together every week. And now I meet with about seven or eight guys with JT and with X and with War, um, with Ben and with Storm Brave and with Yosti and um, with Chris and a couple of un- with anybody else that I miss, JT. Um, and we've been meeting together every week. And each week we pour into each other's lives a little bit more. We share a little bit deeper about what's going on. Now, I've built really phenomenal relationships and great friendships with lots of people across our church. Many of our leaders at our church, I consider close and dear friends of mine. But the relationships that have transformed my life the most over the past year, even as the pastor of a church, and the ways that I've learned the most have been in the context of my small group. Why? Well, because we're different people from different walks of life who are sharing and supporting one another. There's people in our group that live inside the country and outside of the U.S. There's people in our group that live in rural areas and cities. Each one of us have different backgrounds and different experiences and different points of view and different ideologies. But we come together under the banner of people who are seeking to live out our lives looking more and more like Jesus. And the power of that community has worked to begin transforming my life my life, and I know from talking to them, to transform the lives of the other guys in the group. It's not just some connection. There's something far deeper that's going on, and there's a much deeper sacrifice that is going on between the group of us. Now, that's one of the things that makes community so much more powerful than connection, and God calls us to community. Now, when we look at community here, you might think that there's a step-by-step instructions in the Bible, but there's something, some things you need to understand that are important about the Bible. The Bible was written 2,000 years ago. It was not written to a group of people who identified who they were in spite of uh, or despite their culture. They identified who they were with their culture in mind. As Jews, as Israelites, they were who they are because of their community. So as we look at the scriptures tonight, like fasting in the book, uh, in the Bible, we talk about fasting. We talked about a few weeks ago. There's no step-by-step guide that says this is how you fast. Well, there was no reason to write a step-by-step guide to a group of people who had already been fasting their entire lives. They all knew how to fast. So when the biblical authors write that you should fast, they knew that everyone who would read the letter or hear what was written would know what fasting meant. In the same way, we don't get a step-by-step guide about community. And the reason for it is this, the Bible was written for us, but it wasn't written to us. The Bible, this is so important when you're trying to read and understand God's word. The Bible was written for us, but it was not written to us. It was written to a group of people 2,000 years ago. But it was written for us in the fact that it was desired to be preserved and passed on from generation to generation so people could understand the word of God. 
And so when we look at this passage tonight from the book of Acts, the very first passage that we read at Lux Digital Church during our very first live test stream, it's going to highlight the importance of and the power of genuine community in our lives. We read this from Acts chapter 2. It says, They devoted themselves, this is the followers of Jesus, to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions and gave to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship. And when I was growing up and I heard the word fellowship, I grew up in the church, so I thought about the fellowship hall. And when I thought about the fellowship hall, I thought about potlucks, because that's what you did in the fellowship hall. But what what is being written about here, what Luke, the Dr. Luke, who wrote the book of Acts, is talking about here, is something so much more powerful than a potluck. Something so much more significant than the fellowship hall. It's this idea that these first Christians set the tone and the example of what community would look like for the church by living their lives fully devoted, sacrificing themselves for one another, putting other people's needs, desires, and dreams above their own. They lived in a continual state of sacrifice. And honestly, if you look at what the first Christians did, it looks more like an L.A. gang than it does the modern church. And that's, that's a sad reality. The church oftentimes doesn't look anything like this. But this is the example that was set for how we should live out our lives in community. Now, it's important to recognize this was written by, an oppre- written by a group of people who were oppressed by a Roman regime in a new faith that was spreading like wildfire across a new empire. And the way that they connected to one another and the way that they were committed to community should look different than the way that we live out community. But we should live out community with the same passion, drive, and intensity as the first church lived out community, even if the way that we do it looks a little bit different than the way that they did it. So why? We've been asking the same question every week. Why fast? Why pray? Why read the Bible? And it's almost silly to say like, why live in community? Like, you know why you need community. You need friends. You need people to listen to. You need people to know your stories. You need people to be there for you whenever you're down. You need those things. We know we need those things. So maybe the proper question is not why do we need to live in community, but why is community so important to our spiritual lives? And there's a whole bunch of reasons why community is one of the four key spiritual disciplines that we practice every week or every day here at Lux. Um, guys, I just want you to know, I'm really happy that many of you have communities that you feel like you can go to and communities that you feel like you can connect with. Um, you know, I think as a church, one of the things that we do poorly is we try to get everybody just to come to church and then all of your friends are just people from church and you don't have any friends outside of the church and all of your relationships become church relationships. And I think it's really important that we have communities that are inside of our spiritual family, but we also have communities that extend beyond our spiritual family. So when we look at why community is so central and important to our spiritual life, and it is a spiritual discipline, I think there's a lot of reasons, but three 
really good reasons. And we look at three each week. Let's look at them this week. The first one is this community helps us to grow. Proverbs, the book of Proverbs says, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens the other. And if you spent any time in the church, you've probably heard that said, or you've maybe seen it on a t-shirt or something. Um, But the point of it is, and the emphasis is, is that we help each other grow. Like we become better when we come alongside one another. And it's because, listen, I, I grew up, I had a great upbringing. I had a great family. Okay, I, I grew up in Western Pennsylvania. I spent a lot of time on farms as a kid. We had a lot of land. We did a lot of riding quads, a lot of shooting guns. I grew up with video. But my context of growing up is limited to my experience. I don't get to have your experience. And the only way I can grow and understand how your relationship with Jesus has transformed your life, given your circumstances, is if I enter into community with you. And I have a chance to actually learn the things that you learn throughout the course of your life without having to go through the same experiences, either high or low. We get to sharpen one another inside the context of community. Following Jesus isn't like a lone ranger or a go it alone thing. We're supposed to do it hand in hand with other people that are able to carry us, support us, sharpen us, and help us to grow. Listen, guys, we need people to challenge us. We need, like, you need somebody, like, if you don't have anybody in your life that knows you well enough to slap you in the side of the head, either verbally or physically, and say, you're screwing up your life, stop it, and call you back to what is better for you, then you're missing out on what it means to really be part of you. We need people in our lives that have permission to call us out and sharpen us and make us better. If not, it's so difficult to grow, but it takes courage to grow. The next reason is this community puts us on the map. Listen, the world that we live in is a world of imposters and a world that uses filters on all of their TikTok videos to make their skin look perfect and doctors their Instagram posts before they post them online in a world that is constantly fabricating realities that simply do not exist. It's very difficult to know where you are on the map. Sometimes, you know, you ever been to like a mall before and you've seen the, the mall map, but it has a little point on it that says you are here. If you look at the mall map and you're like, I really want to get to Hot Topic, which you shouldn't go to because it's a weird store. But let's just say you did want to get to Hot Topic, but you didn't know where you were in the mall. Knowing where Hot Topic is doesn't help you. And if you're saying, I want to become a a more devoted follower of Jesus, I want to be a better father, I want to be a better mother, I want to be a better son, I want to be a better friend, but you don't know where you are on the map, it's very difficult to navigate towards that. We need one another because in community and in relationship with one another, it puts us on the map and it lets us know where we are. And we can actually bring about us support and encouragement and direction to help us get to where we're going. Yo, that Jesus man is awesome. Thank you, alligator for business. Welcome to the stream. Glad to have you here with us. It says this, therefore, in the Bible says, therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Listen, you can't believe that everybody else is perfect and you're the only one who has a screwed up life when you and the people in your community are actively confessing to one another. When you're brave enough to be honest with one another, it's impossible to believe that everybody else is perfect except for you. And it helps to put you 
on the map. For me, this has been more true when raising kids than any other way. I love my daughters and I have a four and a half year old and a two year old, but sometimes you kind of look at your kids and you're like, what is wrong with you? You're kind of like, what am I raising? Like, am I, am I raising a mom? Like, what am I doing wrong here? Right. And then you go and I hang out with my, my brother and sister-in-law who are raising kids along with us or some of our friends who are raising kids and you get around them and you're like, actually, actually, maybe, uh, maybe my kids aren't insane. Like maybe they aren't psychopaths. Maybe all kids are psychopaths and you're like, okay, maybe my, like, maybe we aren't as far off the mark as I, as I thought that we were. I don't know if you've ever been in that situation. It helps to put yourself on the map. But let me just give a disclaimer with getting on the map with community. Community is always threatened by and eradicated by insecurity. Community is always threatened by and eradicated by insecurity. Insecurity inevitably always leads to comparison and comparison is the root and the beginning of condemnation. When you begin comparing yourself to others, you either condemn them for having something you want or condemn yourself for not being where you want to be. And the point of community is not insecurity that leads to comparison that leads to condemnation. The point of community is that we get ourselves on the map and then we're supported through the context of that community to get to the destination that God has placed in our life. But if you can't let go of your insecurities, it will always threaten to destroy and eradicate the communities in your life. The reality is community always takes courage. Cowardice flees from community because it's terrified of being exposed. Courage steps into community because they know that when they step into the light of community, it helps them to grow and to become better and stronger, not weaker. The book of 1 Corinthians says this, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is part of it. Together as a community, we are part of the body of Christ. No one gets to do it solo. The final point is this. Community supplies us with support and encouragement. Community supplies us with support and encouragement. Every one of us needs support and encouragement. Everybody, every one of us needs somebody to pray for us when we need prayed for, to listen to us when we need someone to listen to us, to cry with us when we need to cry, to have somebody there for us. Presence in your life matters significantly, and you weren't created nor intended to try to navigate life alone. And let me just be clear, because th this is sort of like the automatic reaction to it. There's usually one of two. When I say it's time to go into community, we sort of get sort of, we get like tense, get a little bit puffed up. And we usually do one of two things. We're either like, well, I don't really need community. I can go it alone. I'm tough enough. I'm resilient enough. I've learned how to do it on my own. And every person who I've seen who's believed I'm tough enough to be able to do it on my own, what they're really saying is I was hurt in the past. Therefore, I am too scared to allow somebody else in to support me now. It's not courage, nor bravery, nor resiliency. It's fear. 
And on the flip side, we say I can't enter into community because I'm not perfect. And because I'm not perfect, other people will see me for who I really am. And I'm terrified of what other people might think of me as a mother or as a father or as a friend or as a Christian. And when they see that I'm not as perfect as my Instagram posts, I will be viewed as being false or I won't be who I said that I was or the person that I want to give off. I'm terrified of people seeing me for who I am. So I can't enter into the context of community. And usually these are people who are always self-sacrificing, offering themselves to everybody else, but never offering a piece of themselves to anybody else. And then they wonder why they get drained and destroyed by people who will take from them. And it's usually because they're never willing to give of themselves. They're just willing to give their time. Because community goes both ways. It's vulnerability and it's transparency and it takes courage. Listen, fear has always been the primary enemy of community. Fear has always been the primary enemy of community. And we will do many things to try to avoid entering into genuine relationships with somebody and sharing things that will enable them to hurt us. But here's what it's like to be a follower of Jesus. As a follower of Jesus, you walk into relationships with people that are nothing like you. And you share your heart and you share your life with them, knowing that you are weaponizing them against you, knowing that they can hurt you, knowing that not only can they, but they will let you down and you learn through that process to forgive them because Christ has forgiven you. You learn that life is lived better in community with pain than in isolation with no community. That life is better lived in community with pain than in isolation with no community. And we learn to live out, walking out faith together because we learn that we are not the whole body of Jesus Christ. And the only way to be the church is to be the church in community with other people. So we're wrapping up this series for the first month of 2022. And I'm, I'm just curious, what have you, you, like what in your life what in your life have you begun to change in your rhythms? Have you begun to implement fasting or prayer or Bible study or now community into your rhythms so that you might be able to grow and grow closer to Jesus in 2020? If you haven't, here's the thing. Our God's a God of infinite second chances, so you still have the opportunity. But we are a people who are bound and finite according to time, which means you only will get one 2022. And if you leave 2022 the same way you entered 2022, you will have lost 2022. But you haven't yet. So you have the opportunity and we're putting it at your fingertips to begin building spiritual rhythms into your life this year that will challenge you and they'll be inconvenient and sometimes they'll be painful and there'll be a lot of days you won't want to wake up and do them and most of the time you'll feel like you don't have the time. But spiritual rhythms in our life are the things that will dictate our spiritual health and spiritual growth. We need them. Fasting, prayer, Bible study, and community. Which brings us to our next step this week. Our next step this week is I will begin 2022 by practicing the spiritual rhythm of community. I will begin 2022 by practicing the spiritual rhythm of community. If that's something you want to do this week, I would encourage you, put a five in chat, raise your hand and say, that's me. 
I will begin 2022 by practicing the spiritual rhythm of community. Now, that might mean that you need to join a small group tonight. Go to Discord, go to small groups, give a thumbs up to the one you want to join. Go to our website, sign up for one of the small groups that you want to join. Get plugged into a community here at Lux. It might mean that you need to invest in a new community in your life, maybe in your physical church, in your community, or maybe at your workplace, or maybe with your family. I don't know where it is that you need to start, but there's some place in your life that you need to begin living life out with other people and not by yourself. Community requires courage. Do you have the courage to step into it? Let's pray. Father God, I love you and I thank you. I thank you for each person who's here in chat. I thank you for the fives that I see in here in chat from Tex Holden and from Faye and from Bougie and from Doc and from Blossom and from Telly and from Alligator and TJK and for Garrett and Sammy and Lima and Faye and Gibbles. I thank you, Father, for the fives that I'm seeing here in chat of the people who are saying, I'm in. I'm in that this will be the year that I live out my faith with other people. This will be the year that I grow because I didn't hide. This will be the year that I connect and get on the map and I get a path forward and I find encouragement because I didn't hide. This is going to be the year. This is going to be the year that community helps define and shape who I am as a follower of Jesus. Thank you, Father. In your name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message at Lux Digital Church. If Lux has been having an impact on your life, I want to encourage you to visit us at luxdigitalchurch.com and get connected to our community there. We're so thankful for you and we appreciate you. Have a blessed day and a blessed week.